Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after recent important news. And just a reminder for everyone at home, we love the fact that you're watching these videos, but if you can't watch, you can listen to them uh, on podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audio Podcasts, all your favorite podcast sites. Uh, that way you can listen to them in the car, when you're in the doctor's room, or whatever the case may be. Uh, for those of you who are, who are watching and listening, we've got... Back on the show for the first time this decade, Bernard Turion. You all know him as Chairman and CEO of HPQ Silicon Resources. The company trades on the Venture Exchange on the stock symbol HPQ. For those of you who are new to the story, in a quick summary, because we've got a lot to cover, the company's in the process of becoming a vertically integrated producer of silicon, silicon powders, silicon wafers for the lithium-ion battery market in 2020. More than just lip service, because we know a lot of people are chasing that battery market uh, that, that battery market, metals uh, market. Uh, they've uh, proven and advanced their PureVap process with two world-class partners and now are in the process of preparing their pilot plant here in Q1 of two, uh, 2020. That's Pyrogenesis Canada, Canada, which is a global leader in plasma torch technologies, have sold their technology right up to the U.S. Navy for aircraft carriers. And Apollon Solar, who's one of the world's leaders in, leaders in renewable energies and holds record uh, for solar uh, solar efficiencies. The press release we're talking about today, it's a little technical, so we're going to go through with Bernard, is that the Gen 2 PureVap proof of concept test has demonstrated the company's capacity to produce spherical nanopowders from mm -hmm. silicon metal for the lithium-ion battery market. Bernard, a lot to chew on there. Hey, welcome back. Thanks. So, very technical. Right. So let's kind of. I don't find it that technical. Well, maybe, technical, maybe. yeah, maybe for people at home because this is something new, but very big, really big, especially to come into the decade of renewable energy, battery metals, and so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. let's start at layman term. Why is spherical nanopowder, from here on in, we'll just call it, you know, powder just to make it easy, but why is spherical nanopowder important to the future of batteries and renewable energy? It all goes down to silicone's properties, okay? Uh, silicone is a highly conductive material, and the more you heat it, the more conductive it becomes. Uh, but one of its default is when it goes through, because when you have a battery, it goes through charging, you know, charging, discharging, charging, discharging, okay? Silicone metal is known as to be a much more higher density material than graphite, and almost, almost as dense as, as lithium, but with, which, Every cycling, it goes back and forth, okay? It expands and contracts. That's sort of like, so that means the batteries, although they're more, they have a higher energy density, they don't last as long. That's why graphite is mostly used because that's stable, okay? Stability is the key. Now, research has been done over the years and it's been discovered that if you can produce 
um, nano side material or nano structure material, um, then th that silicone will basically not be a subject or, or basically the, the expansion will not be a problem for the battery. More, more stable. More stable. The second point is if you can make it spherical, okay, you have to understand that a battery is sort of a paste that you do on top of a, a conductor. So it's much easier to basically have a uniform material if it's spherical as opposed to if it's non-sphere angular. Right? So in layman's term, it basically allows the silicone to replace graphite in the manufacturing of, of a batteries and therefore increase the energy density. What all the research has been done over the last 10 years has said it is literally that spherical nanoside material that you have to look for. Other technicalities, but I won't bore people. By how many, but by a factor of how much, like how much better is it than graphite at the end of the day? Why, why bother going through all this if graphite's okay. doing the job? The problem with the battery, okay, the problem with energy demand right now is that the graphite type batteries, okay, are at their maximum. You can play graphene, you got to put other type of materials, but they're at the maximum capacity. Replacing, replacing or basically replacing graphite by silicone allows you to have a 10 times higher energy density capacity and charging capacity, which brings you about a 40% increase in energy capacity. So it means your cell phone could work 40%. 40% more on the same size batteries. Uh, your car could work for 40% distance, even more than that, if you, if you start playing on it. Also, so 10x greater performance doesn't necessarily, 10x greater capacity doesn't necessarily mean 10x greater performance where your battery it's, or your phone lasts 10 times longer, your car charges 10 times there's longer. So many, there's so many variables, I won't bore people into it. Uh, I, I've, I've sat through enough PhD meetings with people to discuss this. Uh, there's tons of formula. We, we know where we're going. We know how to evaluate it. So it's not that much. The key point that people have to understand is that um, the basically the graphite type battery, lithium batteries right now, which is mostly a graphite battery, as Mr. Musk said, uh, have reached their maximum efficiency. Okay? We need to be able to push through that barrier um, to, to, to meet the renewable energy demand. People don't want a car that's going to die 100 kilometers. They want a, a car that can do 500 kilometers. Problem is, if you build a battery that big to 500 kilometers, A, the cost of the car doesn't make any sense, and it's massive and very heavy. Silicone is light. If you replace it in the material, you have a much denser battery. So you can have the same size battery, a car that can go much further distance. Second of all, it allows faster charging and discharging also. So... It is the material of the future. It's been known. I've, we've been aware of this since the beginning. It's just the research has really become much clearer. Okay? And the key point was making spherical nanoside material from silicone as was identified as one of, the, uh, one of the key issues. And we're very excited that at our first proof of concept test using a Gen 2, we've been able to do it. So Bernard, devil's advocate, if spherical nanopowder is so critical to the future of batteries, extends life, extends efficiencies, why isn't it just already out there? Too expensive to make. That's why it's selling for $30,000 a kilogram. Make that into tons, you'll figure out the, the selling price. But it's just, it's, it's minuscule quantities that are people are capable, able to produce. So that's why it's not commercially uh, viable. You know, if it was commercial, if... Battery manufacturers could take silicone a price they like. They would, they would kick out graphite and take it into it. It's literally the manufacturing price 
of the material because of the process being testing like that. So it's, it's a $30,000 selling price. You know, it probably cost the guys, you know, $25,000 to do and they sell for 30,000. They hope to make the 5,000. So is this where your partnership with Pyrogenis actually really pays off because they're obviously really good at producing high tech, even high tech powders, even though it's in the 3D printing world, they're able to create these uh, spherical nano powders out of your out of your silicon, and that process will bring down the cost because obviously at thirty thousand dollars a kilogram, you're not going to be able to. Uh, you're, you're not going to be able to succeed either. So you're not going to sell a lot. <laughs> it's a small market. Um, for the 30,000, but if you reduce the price of the market, uh, it sort of becomes blue sky. Yes. Um, you know, they invented plasma optimization. They have an incredible, uh, depth of knowledge with regard to the technology. Um, and they, you know, as Peter said, they, they have a, a brain capacity that few people have. And the same people that are, that worked at designing the PureVap came up with a, well, wait a minute, there's a way to use you know, this, the concept behind the PureVap and produce nanoscale um, or, yeah, na nanopowders from our silicone. Um, and that was just the idea of just testing it. Does, does it work? And it does work. So it fits within our, our, our working partnership with Paro. And it makes a lot of sense because we therefore control the entire uh, vertical screen, vertical line from the quartz all the way to the nano powders and everything else. All my competitors in the field are offshoot of universities that have developed very, very expensive ways of doing it. And then when they go see industrial, the industrials tell them, that's not what I'm willing to do. I, can't, I don't make any money using your material. Yes, I'll have a great, very high energy. I'll, I'll give you an example. This company, Aprius, is very well known. Uh, they have a process to make extremely high energy lithium um, silicone batteries. They're, they're doing silicone nanotubes. All right? Their concept is so complicated. At the end, they have an employee picking everyone in nanotube doing it. But there's a business for that because Airbus needs that for their satellite. So they're willing to pay the 30000 But you're not going to be willing to pay that for your car. So um, go ahead. Uh, well, what this, I want to ask you is what advantages uh, do silicon metal and your half and your process have over traditional metals in the group? Because, you know, there are companies out there with graphite, nickel, they're mining it. You know, how do your cost advantages, you know, are, uh, are they superior the that gets you down to where you need to be? We don't, fo we don't worry about you know, finding a way to make a mine economical with a selling process. We're focused on the process, the markets, okay? Um, there's multiple markets, there's multiple business strategy to look at, okay? We've decided, we, we've concluded a few years ago that the value of quartz at five cents a kilogram, it's an extremely high volume business, okay, to be able to do something. It's a very difficult business. So once you come up understanding that the raw material is not what the thing that's missing, but the second raw, material, second raw material is energy, which is not something we have a problem in Quebec. Then you realize it's the process that isn't as efficient. So we've been focusing on the process. Um, and the, the, what we're looking at is basically right-sized market for us to have massive profit margin. And that's, that's what the silicone nanopowders represent. 
Basically, all the silicone materials for batteries represent that for us. Where we have an advantage over a big guy that's evolved, it's, remember, these guys have massive plant that they got to make work. Okay? So for them, selling 10 tons of material at $20,000 a kilogram doesn't change the needle on their balance sheet. For HPQ, it's massive. Now, there's going to be a moment where both of our, you know, both of our tangent meet. But since I'm not focusing on building a mine, I save myself $300 million, $400 million of CapEx. Because you you're just literally buying quartz from anyone who's got it to sell. You've got your own quartz, too. Yeah. But you don't have to go through that. Everyone's got that hurdle. We know their great graphite comes out there, but they need three, four, five hundred million dollars just, just, just to mine the stuff before they even 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 get to processing it. Yeah. Then, since we're looking at very high margin thing, even with a fifty ton per year plant, we can even start looking at generating revenues. So that's where our our thinking starting to evolve as the research in batteries became clearer. Okay. Second of all, this isn't something that comes out of the blue. I've been working at this for two years, three years. This is going to be a third years I'm working at this. Um, we just kept it under wraps because uh, I've learned something. It's very difficult to control the timeline, these type of, you know, R&D type of projects. And I've been pushing Pyro to say, okay, is there a way for you guys to manufacture this? And pushing them enough and probing them enough and having long enough discussion with the technical guys, uh, they said, yeah, we think we can do it. And they really got excited, really keen. And did, we did the proof of concept and it proved to work. Now, as I said in the press release, the next step for us is, okay, this works. It's a, it's a bit like we were at the Gen 1. You know, we go in Gen 1, this works. We build a Gen 2 which was a proof of commercial scalability, okay? So we did sort of a Gen 1 test with, uh, with the Gen 2, and now we're transforming the Gen 2 into a proof of concept that we can scale it up and produce enough quantities to suffice to uh, lab university laboratories and probably industry participants. Now, what people have to realize, okay? And what do you mean by that? You're going to send these spherical nanopowders to... Is it you guys send to universities in order for them to do independent testing and you're going to send it to potential customers to well, it's, test the, the, applications? What does that mean? The key point that people have to realize is in the battery world, when you do the first test, you don't need a lot of stuff. You really don't need to. It's not, it's, it's not like in solar, okay? In solar, it really needed the Gen 3 to be able to produce enough to do something. In battery, we send them 20 grams. They're happy, to, you know, they can do like 60,000. They could do probably 300 tests with the material. Because it's, the process is very well known. So it's not, it's not the same scale of what we need to get the project moving. That's one of the things that makes it much more exciting um, is that. So that's literally what our goal is. It's really to um, start producing material as fast as humanly possible within the constraint that we always have when we do these things. Um, we've done the proof of concept test. Now the guys at Pyro at the back on the table figuring out how can we go to commercial scale. But let's be very honest, Pyro does not question? get involved. Is that a big how-to? Is that if you go back to how Pyro works? Okay, they don't do the proof of concept test unless they have a design plan to go to commercial scalability. So, so you already you already have a pretty good idea. You can get there already. 
Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Never, you don't hear that very often, right? Usually well, people- no, it's, it's, you know, it's like if I tried to give a timeline on this, people would have bitch at me because I can't live the timeline. So I basically kept my mouth shut about that and stuff. I let people so bitch if- about solar and I basically did the work, did the work behind on the battery stuff. Now we're to a point where, well, I have too many things not going to battery space just to say, okay, this is what we're doing. But I've been telling them this is what we're doing. George, when I wrote in August that we're talking industry people, well, when you talk to, you know, world-renowned universities that, that work on this, it is talking to industry people. When you talk to industrial, you know, we signed an NDA with a battery manufacturer, it is talking to people. That's what we've been doing. Is there, is it unreasonable for me to assume that HPQ, along with his partners in this, obviously, when we ever see HPQ, we mean all three of the partners, but... Um, are we are we actually are you actually saying that the company is potentially going to be the first to market with these spherical nano powders at a commercially accepted price? I'm going to rephrase what you said. Okay. Our aim is to be that company. We believe that we have the pathway to do it. Okay. What's going to be the exact timeline? I think 2020 is a good year. You know, I have a track record of, you know, we do what we say. Sometimes we just don't do it when, when we say we're going to do it. So I'm trying to be more, more cautious than usual. Okay. But if you but, get uh, there, if you get there, do you guys literally, I mean, what happens? I mean, are you, because it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you're potentially position yourself. If I had to use a layman's term, it's like, I think I used this once in the past, but it's as if we're back 50, 60 years ago where supercomputers were the only way of computing things and IBM was able to figure out a way to bring it down to the desktop. You know, are, is that what HPQ is positioning itself as right now where spherical nano powders are so expensive that only a few people can use them, but you're going to bring the, through your process, bring the cost right down to a point where you're supplying everybody who needs it with it yes in in a certain way it's just that if you remember the first computer they were all massive microchips and then there was the and then they they, they were uh, vacuum lamp and then they went to microchips and then there was the i think it's the moore's law when you multiply everything else okay now in the solar business we demonstrated that in silicone we're actually faster than that law and i think the same thing is going to happen in the the battery space because there's so many billion dollars invested into this, but we have an incredible step forward because all the other processes are top down. University success, then you're trying to figure a way to. It's the best way I can describe it is exactly what happened to solar grade silicon metal because I've studied that material tremendously. The man was so huge that a lot of people threw themselves, and the, and the process being was being used to it. Uh, assume that the massive price would always exist and then collapse and then restart all over again. So I'm looking at the picture. Like I look at lithium. I look at lithium three years ago. It says it's going to happen the same thing. There's going to be too much lithium at the same time in the market coming online because everybody's going to try to replicate what you're doing. Okay. If you're a mine and you have this great deposit, everybody's going to look for the same deposit to re- replicate what you do. Okay. What I That's like about possible what- with you though. This is what I like about what we're doing. We're centered on our own technology, our own process, which is completely different to in the industry. Okay. 
If you want to compete to me using traditional process, you got to build a 30,000 ton a year plant. Have fun with that. You know, that's a, that's a heck of a lot of, you know, so it's, you're not in a position to, to compete against me. Sorry, was, my microphone got went off, was out there for a second. So you're, you're, you're got a huge advantage on two sides. You don't have the capex of having to take metal out of the ground, mm -hmm. first of all. You, so you don't have any of that. And then the second advantage is because of this process is so versatile, you don't have the capex of having to build a massive plant to take all this massive metal in order to just generate you know, low margin, high volume business. So you don't have any, you're not gonna be coming to us one day and saying, George, we got it, we're happy, it's great. All I need is $400 million to take it out of the ground now. All I need is $500 million to build a plant. Cause man, the disappointment in so many resource companies over the years where they say, we got it, we just need to raise $500 million, but we've only got a $40 million market cap. So how do we do this? And then they just sit still for five years. You're telling us right now, you're telling the market, that's not happening to you. No, but, well, something did happen. We did sit, sit still for two years. <laughs> Let's be realistic. Well, you're, so you're we testing did, the we process. Did, I, I'm okay yeah, with that. I know, but, but, but it's, it's sort of the same. You know, we, we, did, we, we did our still period, okay? I, hopefully, we did in the share price. Not on, on the process of development. But since the beginning, I've always figured, I always thought, and I always believed that the model for um, industrial mineral just doesn't work. The junior exploration model, typical model, which is you do a mine, you do PEA, somebody buys you, comes into it, just doesn't work. The second one becomes, so, so what happens is people do, do, them, do the exploration, find the massive deposit, do the PEA, and says, oh shit, this, this could be selling for XYZ mall. Then they figure out that nobody really wants to buy the material, do that. Says, so, oh, well, we'll do it ourselves. Going, and it goes from 300 million to a billion dollar, billion and a half. Yeah, we've seen that. And then before. they're not doing it. I'll give you an example. There was another company that, that tried to do the same thing, not the same thing, not at all the same thing, but they tried to do a project in silicone in Quebec. And they did everything and they just wanted to do one thing different from everybody else. And to make a long story short, they spent millions of dollars in, in research and everything else. And they, and one of the report finally came back and said, well, you guys got to build a pilot plant to prove that, you know, doing, doing that one change actually worked. Well, from the beginning, our idea was, you know, Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this one, okay? Gen 3 isn't as critical in the battery space as it was in the solar space. So this is why I'm not that ruffle about what's going on in Gen 3. It's really, it's not as critical. Reason why, and solar was critical is because the Gen 2 couldn't produce enough material. We had some limitation regard to size of your scale. So we never knew what was the exact final purity of what we were doing. We were from hypothesis. So in the solar business, we needed really to demonstrate that and do that and then figure out what the next step was. In the battery space, we can work with what we're producing very, very well without any issue. So it's, it's not the same thing. We want the Gen 3 to work. We want to demonstrate our process work because that's going to assure us a consistent feedstock for a battery material, it's going to assure, assure us a contingency uh, uh, costing and everything else, but it's already paid for. So, and because of the high revenue, high margin, small market, having a capacity to produce 50,000 kilograms per year is not bad. So, if I'm hearing you right, 
what's the risk that's left here? Where are the, how much have you now, because you used to, you used to really, especially over the last couple of years, you talked about, we de-risked, we de-risked, we de-risked, a little more, a little more. It sounds like from what you're saying, as far as actually producing the material, you don't have, you know, the, so it sounds like the, the last step will be, you know, you're going to have to be like everybody else. You have to go sell this stuff into the market. But is there any real risk left yeah. in getting to market? Get, just getting to market. We don't know if anyone's going to buy it. I'm sure they will, but what's um, the risk that's left here? If you read correctly my last press release, okay, what I have done to de-risk okay, is I have not put all of our eggs into one basket. Yeah, I like that. because If you read several- correctly the, last, the December 9th press release, where some people overly focused on the delay on the pilot plan and forgot to take a look at the other thing. We mentioned, first thing we want to do is nanopowders. What we did January, we announced we can produce this. Second thing is we talked about porous silicone wafer. Yep. Now, if you read what we read in 2019, we signed an NDA with a battery manufacturer. And we're working with, and Apollon has the, the worldwide patent on taking metallurgy grade silicone wafer wafers and making them porous. That's a de-risk. So this is another strategy. And if you push that one, and it's written in the press release also, what we've discovered talking to guys at, at, um, at Apollon is that if you basically make the, 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 the silicone wafer overly porous, okay, very, very porous, and then you crush that material, you end up getting porous silicone powders. Okay. <laughs> now, porous, you're just, okay now you're going into the matrix. No, I'm not, go, I'm not going to matrix. Listen to this. Porous silicone is presently used in batteries. Tesla is using a little bit of it in its battery to replace cobalt, but it's that material. Okay. So you had nanostructure powders, you had poor silicon wafers. Now you got a hybrid of those. That's three. That's three. You had the high purity silicon oxide. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's all these multiple markets. Okay? Even it's, standard silicon for everyone who's watching yeah. this for the first time, even just selling standard high purity silicon into them. You, you're even going to have that. So, well, and then solar's not, solar's not there, but you've got four or five revenues. Well, solar, solar is there in, in one regard. Okay. Solar is a problem. A problem when, for you or a problem for the market? It's, it was well, a problem for the market in the sense that when solar got started, as I tell you, the price was so high, nobody really cared about the price you were paying for your metallurgy grade silicon metal. Now, solar profit, solar, uh, solar grade silicon metal prices has, uh, has depreciated so much that now manufacturing that metallurgy grade silicon metal becomes a problem. Okay, just to give you an excellent example, Walker ended up buying a small metallurgic, which is a big, you know, electronic grade manufacturer. They bought a small silicon metal plant because they wanted to control that cost. So our process as a, and, and remember, and, I, and I've said that in a few press releases, I've said that in presentations, the, the tangent of growth in the silicone business is 2N plus, okay? 2N material is very difficult for traditional plant to do. 2N material for us is absolutely not difficult for us to do. So if you're telling me I'm idea risk, yes, okay? If I, and I'm going to be honest, will every one of the things I'm attacking work? No. Well, who cares? You know, it's like I'm not, I'm not like, oh, this doesn't work, we're dead. But the, but the point is you're not betting everything on one on no. one basket either. 
Yeah, we're not, we can't even talk about, because we're going to run out of time, we can't even talk about the fact that you have this outstanding NDA with a battery manufacturer already, which I, is good that we mentioned, and I'll tell you why, because client or not, friends or not, I still don't, I still want companies to have third-party validation, and you're already under NDA with a battery manufacturer, so for everyone who's listening at home thinking. And we're, and, and we're already working with a top university professor. We've already disclosed this. We're working with the, one of the top uh, silicone, silicone for battery expert in, in, in Canada. But to be clear, though, just to clarify that, in the past, you used to, I don't want to say mock, but you used to say, well, companies, too many companies started, the, they, they, they focus on the university research. And, and you kind of say that's inefficient, slow, and it'll never happen. So can you clarify how your university work is different from the university work you'd criticize in the yes, past? That yes, we're, we're just, his specialty is in, it really, it, it, it's a, in, it, my criticism is based when somebody says, I have this process that works at lab scale, go and scale it up. We're coming in where we control the process to make the powders. And we're telling them, does this powder mean the criteria you're, you think are required to meet. Okay. We need to do. Um, so he's not the beginning of the process, the project no, no, he, process. He, he's there he's to, the he's end there of the to project validate that our material works. Okay. All right. Okay? I accept and that. It's good he to has have that party validation. And, and, and he, and so, so it's like having one of the top guys that understand how silicone is to be used in batteries and telling us, okay, this, this is what you guys need to manufacture and this is what we're working on. Okay. We'll leave it at that, my man, because that's a lot to digest. Mm -hmm. But congratulations on yet another fantastic milestone. And you. uh, you've started off 2020 with a bang, uh, this decade with a bang. I can only imagine where HBQ Silicon may be 10 years from now. We're all going to be looking back at interviews like this and the ones in 2019 and 2018. It's either going to be a real or very funny material. Oh, look, they didn't do it. Or it's going to be, oh, look how smart they were. This is how they were before they were known. One of the two. We still don't know. I'm very But positive. I like the fact it's that gonna, it's got... going to be the, the reverse, but who knows? We're going to know pretty soon, it sounds like. It sounds like 2020 is the year where we're going to know a lot. You got your pilot plant that's going to be operational. You got two world-class partners. I'm feeling good, but you're right. At the end of the day, the check's got to hit the bank. Uh, but great progress on this next step here with this proof of concept test. Congratulations to you, to you guys. Thank you. And congratulations to the guys at Power for uh, their figuring that way. 100%. You've been watching, or if you're on our podcast, one of our many podcast sites, you've been listening to Bernard Turion, who's uh, chairman and CEO of HPQ Silicon, trades on the TSX Venture under HPQ. You've heard, you've listened, you've got everything. If you're a believer in the future renewable energy, if you're a believer in what electric vehicles are going to play in our world and solar and all of these, all of these new energies, renewable energies, then you've got to go do your due diligence. Now first start off at Agoracom, get there, punch in the company's name and stock symbol, read the profile, watch this interview again, watch other interviews, then link over to the HPQ site, gather more information, put that all together. And when you have questions, Get back to Agoracom because HBQ has a CEO verified forum there, which means you ask questions, your answers are actually coming from Bernard and or his team, but you'll see his name, his face, his avatar, the check mark. You know you're communicating with Bernard himself. 
It doesn't get any better than that. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for tuning in from wherever you are. Have a fantastic day. See you next time.